Oh, hi everyone. My name is John Hastings. This is Dylan Gott. Dylan Gott is really into fan fiction. Real into it. I'm really into Dong Hastings and Dylan Come. Yeah. They're, well, you're listening to The Reviewing Wrestler. We're the Bizarro World Wrestler Review. No come talk. <laughs> is that what, no come talk? And uh, well, man, we actually have pretty good information now, so what? No come talk, and we vaguely know what's happening, which would be pretty sick. Yeah, I'm on. I'm also just looking on Dylan, and I have a mutual friend who recently got super jacked. And got to tell you, he is looking like he's taking steroids. All right, social media close. Who's Who got jacked? I'll talk about it off air. It's me. It's Dylan. Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention it's Dylan, and Dylan looks like he has both AIDS and a problem with steroids. Yeah, the uh, you know Brian Cage? from impact wrestling no that's me no one watches impact fuck you um sorry everyone i'm in a bad mood dylan was 10 minutes late to recording because and this is his reason i don't care about the fans i don't care about you wow i love the fans all the fans they show up to my house you know how sick the fucking groupies from this show are just a bunch of guys that look like us want to talk about wrestling yeah hey can we actually put on more clothes i I have the opposite of <laughs> I have the opposite of locked in syndrome. I uh, I just need to always feel like I'm I'm swaddled because my mum my mum just left. Yeah, man, of course. Hey, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I've taken the autis- the autism test forty seven times. I don't have it. They just say this is who I am as a person. I'm like, I get it, man. It's okay. Do you want to talk about yeah. that weird time when they gave Hacksaw Jim Duggan theme music in the mid-90s in WWF and all he did was job? Yes, I do. Or the Mean Street Posse time. The greatest uncovering on this podcast where the Mean Street Posse fired Terry because they'd fucked all of them. <laughs> hey, you're fired because we all fucked yeah. you. <laughs> you don't have a job anymore because your job is done. You are where we put our cum. Goodbye. The stuff about the Attitude Era that's always the best is the stuff that we forgot. It's not the hand, you know, it's not all the bikini contests, it's the throwaway angles where it's like, how do we get right Terry off TV? I don't know, say they all came in her hair, and then we, do we have, can we do the same thing we did to Terry that we did to uh, Chainsaw Charlie, throw her in a dumpster, except she doesn't, she comes back covered and (laughs) come at the end? Terry's back! She's out of the cum dumpster. Like, again, I just want to remind everyone that the Attitude Era was their most profitable time, and the things that we have forgotten are a guy whose uh, wrestling trunks were underpants, he just full-on beat up his girlfriend. And then they were like, ah, this isn't working, and then he just went back to being headbanger thrash. I mean, the sage, the man who uh, we tweet at, the man who has the third best comedy album of the past six years, Graham K. said it best, where he's like, yeah, it got too uh, it got too white trash in the late '90s, and that's why everyone liked it. It's because it was white trash, and you know why it was white trash? Because the man writing it was goddamn white trash. Ladies and gentlemen, this is I think the most interesting part of Vince McMahon's life because this is before he's in Titan Sports and how he gets aligned with his father. Before we get to that, everyone, big reminder: Graham K. Uh, recently yelled at me that uh, wrestling is bad and is one of the things that's corrupting our society. And is part of the reason why Donald Trump is the president. And then I said to him, what is your evidence on that? Is it you just don't like two things, so they must be related because you're a thin-skulled idiot? And then he said, 
uh, no, you're not listening to me. And then uh, I realized that uh, he has no love in his life. So tweet at him that uh, at Graham K Comedy and just tweet him about loads. Because recently we were somewhere and I was eating pasta with white stuff on it. And my wife said, that looks like John's cum. <laughs> and Dylan had to stand up and leave. And by Dylan, I mean Graham. Dylan is sometimes a pseudonym for yeah. Graham. Dylan, because Dylan is the exact opposite of Graham. Graham, little penis, not good with women. Dylan, thick penis, great with gals. Dylan, show him how you flirt with ladies. Ooh, I have your dad in a cage. <laughs> Do you want to see your dad again? Then you got to let me suck him off. Wait, you wanna, you're flirting with the woman to say, if she want to see your dad again, I'm going to suck your dad off. Yeah, you suck off their dad to show how much you like their family. Sorry, I go for relationships, John. I don't just go for one night stands. I'm not a floozy. That's fair, yes. You suck their dad off. You suck the pubes right off their old dicks. And then you fucking, they shove the nut in your mouth. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> uh, so we opened up. Uh, also, we got to mention off the hop because you know. Well, let's do plugs now because uh, that's terrifying. But uh, at Twitter, uh, we're on at Wrestler Review, and uh, yes, we, we're gonna make posters for people uh, to buy. And if you just want a one-time purchase, and if you want to join our Patreon, you'll get the posters. Yes, these are cus- These are individual custom posters. So each poster will be drawn or painted by me or Dylan. Um. You won't know who, and you don't. No, <laughs> no, no, it won't. Yeah, no, it's gonna be the same. So no, it's gonna be a poster. Of the no, no, no. You so misread the email chain. Quote. You misread the 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 email chain. I said, all right, let's put it to a vote. Patreon rewards. Do you want custom drawn posters from either me or Dylan that might be the scratch and scrawl of fairly incompetent men, or do you want a professionally designed poster? Or do you want both? $10 gets you a pro poster. 15 gets you custom drawn. What do you want, baby? Pro poster, we're gonna we're doing a uh, Twitter chain for, what do you call it? Quotes from the show. Quotes from the show. Um, to get on the poster. So right now we've got, if it's not blood, it's cum. Of course. And uh, oh, no, oh no, John, no. Uh, maybe just a drawing of a cum monkey? Who knows? There'll be a lot of options on the poster. So, uh, get at us at Wrestler Review and tweet us. I'm that. also, uh, pushing for a, uh, poster with, uh, with his, with, with Graham K's face and it just says, I am a pedophile underneath it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. $20 Patreon subscription for six months gets you a Graham K, I am a pedophile poster. Maybe this. Maybe uh, it just has the Wrestler Review logo, and then uh, in nice font underneath it says "Registered Pedophile," and it's Graham K's face, of course, and his no his his actual address and phone number. Yeah, maybe it's W R P D, and people think it's a badge because we'll have badges like police badge, but it's like, oh, that stands for Wrestler Review Pedophile, dude. Yeah, and it's just, and then Graham goes to jail, and we laugh at him because he's a pedophile, he's a registered sex offender. <laughs> Yeah, 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 and for twenty, yeah, for twenty dollars, you get the hand drawings and a bunch of pictures of our of us as naked kids. Yeah, you just get a so, bunch of uh, photos of just so you get arrested. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we, we call the cops on you. <laughs> this guy stole all my baby photos and he's jacking off to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, here's something else you can get for a small donation. But I'm gonna Photoshop it so I have like a twelve inch hog as a baby. I have the I had the biggest dick as a kid so much so that they were like, oh no, he's we're gonna have to do surgery. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, nothing about that's a lie. Dylan, uh, next question. Do you love Vince McMahon? I do. This is a great period. So this is Vince has just left being a traveling salesman. John, how does he get started as a uh, how does he get started as an announcer for his father's company? It's so good. Uh, at the time, America had unions because the America was a prosperous time. Yes, they did. And the Glass-Steagall Act was perfect, protecting everyone. Uh, investment bankers couldn't use regular banks to trade their wares. And ooh, what a time we were having. Slowly, that was all broken up. And one of the things they did was they made it so if your family... Uh, so announcers were all in a union. Announcers were all in a union. That's really good. Now, if uh, they were a member of your family... Was not part of the union. So, exactly. guess what Vince McMahon did? Vince McMahon made a great work around. He said, guess what? My son is the announcer after their announcer, a guy named Rod something, said, uh, can you pay me a little bit more? Roy M Ray Morgan. Ray Morgan said, can you pay me a little bit more? And Vince McMahon Sr., who had opposed at every single turn his son getting into the wrestling business said wait a minute i can put a price on me thinking your future will be trash and that is i'm assuming ten thousand dollars a year vince here hired yep and he hired vince as his announcer and it's and so it began oh christ i love wrestling i love it, it <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Wrestling, learning about wrestling is so good because it's just like this it's so weirdly if you get to the business size uh, if a business side of things, how America destroyed unions and is going to be and became a service economy 101. The WWE <laughs> is America. Like, it should just be called, like, Welcome to America. I am America. Go to hell, America. Welcome, America. Everyone is America. It's true. The consolidation of everything, the fact that they uh, went just full streaming. Um, the fact that now that they've gone full streaming, they're dialing it back and probably going to sell their, like, tape library to. Amazon, uh, yeah, Prime. major pay-per-views to uh, corporate networks and shit. It's crazy. Yeah, but and it's again, and it all basically, it all basically started with this moment right here is the most is a beautiful fucking point in that what it basically is is Vince's dad does not want his son to get in the business. Vince is refusing to listen to him and just going, no, I want to be in the business. I demand I am in the business. Um, they won't listen to him. Vince's dad won't listen to him. Finally goes, well, this will save me a lot of money in a way, so I'm going to do it. He does it, and little does he know that that begins the great downfall for all of his friends slash really his enemies um, being wrestlers starting uh, right now. Because guess what? Vince is in, and Vince, he's like a splinter. Once he's under your skin, it's incredibly bothersome, and eventually you'll fucking die. Let's not, let's not say this, though. Vince McMahon... A caught on to being a announcer pretty quickly as far as like people in the 90s and wrestling nerds will always make fun of him for being a bad announcer. But as far as the 70s, he is fucking knocking it out of the, the fact that he's saying he's the word maneuver is essentially is the equivalent to Joey Styles's Oh, my God of the 90s. Like people, he knows he's he knows it's a maneuver. <laughs> 1971, Vince moves his TV taping. Vince Sr. moved his TV, TV tapings to Hamburg, Pennsylvania at the fairgrounds in Allentown. Do you know why he moved it to Hamburg, Pennsylvania, actually? Do you know why? No. Uh, it's very interesting. It's because uh, Hamburg is in Germany, and Vince McMahon Sr. liked what the Germans did to Jewish people. That's the end of that story. That's true. 
Who was the first person he booked? Uh, Fritz von Erich. <laughs> Jerry Lee Lewis. Yes, he booked Jerry Lee uh, when Vince McMahon Jr. began a, uh, becoming a concert promoter in Maine. Uh, the first person that he booked in his arena was Jerry Lee Lewis, which, as Hobson, our crack researcher, points out, was uh, an excellent way to set the stage for the eventually the people that he was working with because Jerry Lee Lewis murdered one of his wives and fucked one of his cousins, who was 13. Married his cousin. He didn't just fuck her. He had beliefs. And he believed he was allowed to f- fucking marry his cousin. But what's crazy is he killed another one of his wives. Like... This is how crazy the South and Jerry Lee Lewis is, is that Jerry Lee Lewis, um, after his career faded and it was the 60s, what he would do is he would do a lot, like he would inject speed, drive to the local honky tonk, try to get two women to fuck him at once, and then he would sh- try and kill people. That was essentially what he did for the 60s. And he, by the married the entire time. And his wife eventually was like, hey... Please stop doing that. It's really bumming me out. And then she was found beat to death and he was covered in scratch marks. And he said, it was a burglar. Jesus Christ. A burglar did it. And every and all of the policemen went, yeah, that makes sense. Small towns, buddy. <laughs> I, I like you. You didn't do it. Oh, that's, pardon me. Um, what, uh, two of them died? Wait a minute. One of them drowned. Or oh, maybe this one drowned. Yeah. You look up how many how oh, no, many women Jerry Lee Lewis killed. And then he was covered in scratch marks and the cops were like, that's fine. I think it's that one. Oh, he Jerry came Lee home and then drowned what, her. How, he's the Buck Zoom-off of rock and roll. No, that's not fair. That's not fair to Jerry. He's the Jerry Lawler of... <laughs> he's the Jerry Lawler. That's who Jerry Lee Lewis is. Well, we could just say J- Jerry, Jerry, Jerry Snuka or Jimmy Lawler. Yeah, Jerry Snuka, Jimmy Lawler, baby. Because like both of them... Also, good at the thing he was good at, and like both of them, he should have just been in jail, allowed to do that thing, and then put back into jail. To be clear, um, what Dylan means is Jimmy Snook was really good at killing women, and Dylan likes that because Dylan is a misogynist. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Alt-Right Review. If he was really good at killing women, they wouldn't have had fucking any evidence at all. Welcome to Alt-Right Review. My name is John Hawk, and this is my co-host, Cum McGillicuddy. We're coming at you live from Winnipeg, Manitoba, home of the base. The only militia that knows Barack Obama is both black and not straight. I am on DMT. Go ahead, Dylan. If we were just flat earth... Alt writers, that'd be so sick. Oh my god, we have a million listeners. We'd be the new, we'd be Alex, we'd be Opie and Alex Jones. That would be our show. (laughs) The the ultimate, the ultimate terrible people. Yeah, the government would just uh, would just set the land on fire that we had meetings on, and and no one would care. Uh, Around this time, check this out: Vince and Linda accrue so much debt that Vince gets a phone call from. Uh, uh, Vince gets a phone call of bad uh, from debtors that is meant for his son and he just goes that's weird because Vince McMahon is treating debt like we do now he is the only I don't know if he's the only guy I don't know much about running a business in 1971 but certainly the fact that he's just dodging debtors because he's taking so many loans and not paying them back and just freely declares bankruptcy um, to me is like, oh, this guy's going to get something to work. And this time is really, really enlightening for why Vince Sr. did not want him to get into wrestling in the first place, because this guy has only swings and misses up until Titan Sports. Well, it's uh, an argument that can be made. He's It's only swings and misses until Titan Sports and or... 
No, he's good at promoting wrestling because it's 73. He's good. But no, he's he's also good at promoting anything. It, the problem is, is that he doesn't know any of the other business sides of it. And you can also very much see this isn't in the research, but I guarantee this is what ha is happening because it happens a lot with these types of guys, which is Linda is raising Shane. Shane is incredibly young. And at a certain point, you can really tell Linda comes in for a bit and is like, um, we're doing this together. I want some fucking food, you fucking idiot. Because as yeah. you can see in this time, the promotion decisions that they make, he starts trying to find other things he can promote. Um, but as you said at the very top of this paragraph, he's very good at promoting wrestling. All the wrestling he does, when he takes over Maine, New England is a very small, ah! a very small portion of his dad's business. By uh, within a few years, it is um, thirty to fifty percent of yeah, it's thirty to fifty percent of what his dad uh, of what the WWWWWF is doing is within New England. It's a huge fucking distinction and very fucking important. Yes, exactly. He's, once again, Vince McMahon, just as his father had been like, hey, there's a lot of people in this New York City, Vince McMahon Jr. was like, hey, this Boston place, turns out they got a bunch of sports teams. <laughs> yeah, I love Boston. They really like the Irish. Very interesting. Tiddly tea, but tea tea Seems if we put an Irish person, it turns out our, our most base and backwards observations about Boston are very uh, good for monetary uh, games. Is there any way we can get a wee little Italian man to hug people? I'll be a billionaire. <laughs> this is crazy, though, because uh, here's here's some stuff from Cigar Aficionado. Man, I love the fact that this guy is so powerful, That but the only interviews he's given to are to, like, Playboy and Cigar Aficionado. That's the only people that want to talk to him. <laughs> like, Newsweek doesn't want to talk That's to this so fucking funny, guy, man. but... Boy, do cigar cigar aficionado uh, aficionado is fucking whatever. We can't say aficionado. I mean, we're regular. Uh, how about this? I'm on uh, belt deniers website. What's belt denier? People that don't think you need to ever wear a belt. Anyway, that's where Salman Rushdie gave his final interview. Welcome to Oxford's Not Brogues pamphlet. My name is Vince McMahon, and today I'll be discussing my favorite types of shoes. My dad was bad to me, and I own all his shoes. I wear them. His shoes give me power. I cut his feet off after he died, and I ate the toes. I ate the fucking toes. Vince McMahon Sr.'s toes are in my belly. Um... Now, I think you need to talk to Cigar Aficionado. They're way more into murder, Mr. McMahon. Ah, good. Goodbye. Well, this is the interesting thing, because his dad, Vince Sr., says, if you don't make it, I'll give you six months, because he doesn't want anyone to think that he's being uh, practicing nepotism, and that's, I think, that Vince Sr. did... Like, it, it, you're kind of in a win and a lose-lose situation, because once you go into business with a family member, you're going to seem like you're... Obviously, practicing nepotism no matter what, and if you if you don't compliment them all the time, then you seem like you're a bad family member and a bad father, and if you do compliment them all the time, then it's just fucking daddy's boy getting all the fucking breaks. So I think he finds kind of a good middle ground, which is, I'll give you a chance, but if you fuck up, you fuck up, I'll treat you like anybody else. Um, Vince, this is the first time he has his... A chance to put his vision of wrestling into which is basically he says to cigar aficionado promoters didn't do much back then somewhere still doing studio wrestling where you'd bring a crowd of 60 people into a studio magazines were on cheap paper and all filled with blood and guts i had this instinct wrestling could be better and bigger yeah and i mean as much as people shit on him 
Studio wrestling sick if you're a fucking old nerd like us or just like a man. But if you're not a man or a boy who just wants to see people fight and then bored people watch that fighting and occasionally yell that the other person losing has big nipples, then you want to see a fucking show, baby. You want to see goddamn Broadway, but with slams. Well, here's the thing with studio wrestling. Studio wrestling is like fucking, it's like fucking indie rock. If you're already into indie rock. Are you slapping your belly? Uh, no, I'm. I just put the kettle on because I almost fell asleep during your talking time because you're so boring. Um, no, very good. Uh, studio wrestling's like indie rock. If you're already into the music, you're gonna fucking double down because now it's finally being presented in the environment you would like it to be seen. Uh, the unfortunate is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you do not know wrestling, you're like, why am I watching this TV show where sixty uh, incels seem to be distracted from their goal of getting Donald Trump elected again to yell? Weird things that a man known as the villain. <laughs> so, all right, Vince immediately brings new ideas, like fighting through the arena, and of course, all the old wrestlers are going, I didn't like it. I didn't really like it. Apparently, Jim Barnett is quoted as saying, I talked to Senior every day for years in the 70s and couldn't tell you a single thing Vince did for the company back then. He never talked about Vinny, which makes me think he didn't want anyone to know which ideas were his and which ones weren't. I'll say this, depending on when that interview was uh, was done, if Jim Barnett was in favor or out of favor with the WWE, that would have heavily colored... Like, a lot of the, a lot of the quotes we take from wrestlers and everything, it's like, yeah... W- we asked the guy who made the ball bigger than the uh, than the jug at the booth at the local fair what he thinks about the guy who runs the other thing who who runs the other event um, stall stall whatever the other fucking thing that takes people's money what he thinks of that guy and he doesn't like him because he's taking his money like they're all goddamn carnies I don't know. yeah and the thing also you have to yeah I was just gonna say also is the, to go to your point of when was that interview taken. I think that that most of the territory guys had your opinion going back to the nepotism of Vince McMahon, especially in this time where he's the announcer. What ideas does he actually have to do? But you have to remember, at this time, A, if it wasn't for the New England expansion that Vince Jr. had kind of made, the WWF is in real fucking trouble. They're in real fucking trouble. The only thing that spikes them is su- is superstar Billy Graham becoming the champion in a second. They're in a fucking down period, and then after superstar, they're in an even more down period. So Vince McMahon Senior is not going to take, is not going to tell all of his weird competitors because in the end, all of these territories are competitors. Historically, they're portrayed as friends. They're not fucking friends. Fucking any single one of those shitty businessmen. If Vince Jr. had not been ready to fucking go when his dad died with the expansion, I guarantee Bill Watts would, I'm in New York, smart. <laughs> it's absolutely asinine to historically look at that it was some sort of betrayal by the Vince McMahon, by the McMahon family to do what they did. Historically, all of those people are just pissed off. They did it before they could do it, and they did it better than they would have done it. Jim Barnett saying something like that is the closest you're going to get to a compliment from anyone who owned a territory about Vince McMahon Jr. And it's just one of those weird fucking byproducts of wrestling. This whole thing, like, about him backstabbing, Vince McMahon didn't invent franchising. Franchising became huge in the 80s. And as you said, the WWE is the story of America because all these independent businessmen in the 70s are starting to falter because... Of uh, I don't want to sound too much like a fucking tinfoil hat here, but it's like 
the 70s causes a major recession. The U.S. moves off the gold standard. Everything gets privatized in the 80s. That's America. Yeah. The ni- 90s, president fucks a gal with a cigar. 2000s, dodo and man with iron heart shoot a bunch of people for oil. 2010s, uh-oh, black guy. 2020s, uh-oh, worse white guy. Yeah. Yeah. 2024, Dylan got John Hastings breaking the White House after the country falls. Smoke mad weed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. A meme is, ele- is elected yeah, president yeah, yeah, of the yeah. United States. Uh, the president of the United States is Psy. He's just going to sing Gangnam style. Uh, we're all actively going to cover our ears. Yo, political. Anyway, so this is the fun- this is the really fun part. Uh, is Vince McMahon Jr. says, you know what? I'm doing really good with wrestling. I've really revitalized New England. God damn it, I'm going to promote Evil Knievel jumping over the Grand Canyon. Of course, Evil Knievel doesn't want to do that. He could die. but So he jumps over Snake River Canyon, and the way that he gets Evil Knievel to agree to this is Vince just gets Evil Knievel on the phone. He convinces Evil, he just uses contacts and trickery to get him on the phone. He convinced Knievel to meet him in Las Vegas, maxing out his credit card to make a flight. To do so, he then quickly talked Knievel into showing the event on closed-circuit TV over drinks. Vince had 130 in arenas he could show this in, and with access to many more via contacts. Vince told Knievel they could make millions together. This is why Vince McMahon's special. He just gets Evil Knievel's phone number. Evil Knievel does not know who the fuck this guy is, and he just talks him into risking his life. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like... I couldn't do that. You couldn't do that. That's what makes this guy special. That's what the secret sauce everyone's looking for in Vince Jr. is exactly this. This guy, no matter what you've heard about him, when you get him, when it's just you and him in a room, he could probably convince you to do the dumbest fucking shit. And I don't mean that Evil Knievel is doing the dumbest shit because he was risking his life by jumping a fucking canyon in a rocket, which we'll get to. I mean because, like... You're going with someone completely unproven. With this dude is a fucking superstar already. Evil Knievel is. He's doing fucking like four jumps a year on TV. Um, it, this is also the thing to keep in mind about Evil Knievel. If it's anything to go by his son, Evil Knievel was also a massive fucking booze bag and cokehead. So he also may not have known. Oh yeah, what he is agreeing to when this happened. Like bear in mind, uh, noted Canadian impressionist Mark Walker. Once got super heckled by Kevin Knievel, who is Evil's son. And if Evil's any anything compared to Kevin, Evil probably did not know he had agreed to any of this until he woke up two days later in bed with what he thought was Vince's wife and just turned out to be Vince in a wig. And Vince went, You're, you signed the contract and come, Evil. <laughs> come is pen. <laughs> Welcome to Connecticut, where come is pen. <laughs> <laughs> but this is Vince's period where he just fucking is like, okay, I'm going to eat Evil Knievel. This is my big chance. Just a bunch of gambles. And as you said, it's very, very sure because this is leading up to his bankruptcy, which is basically Vince McMahon going, don't worry, Linda, I'll make us the million. And then Linda coming in after the bankruptcy and being like, exactly. Uh, we're only doing stuff that we know about now. So, apparently, Vince Sr. said this is insane, though Bleacher Report states he did end up as an asylum partner. So, his son turns to another promoter, Bob Arum. 
Bob Arum, uh, Google Bob Arum, he is a very successful boxing promoter, and he basically teaches Vince the ropes of promoting huge events. His first, it, he evo- he uh, helps promote some boxing cards with Bob Arum. Uh, Bob Arum basically takes him under his wing. His first uh, match that he promoted was Muhammad Ali versus George Chavalo, and Arum had some contacts at ABC so they showed and they showed Evil Knievel's jumps on TV to begin with so he tries to jump Snake River Canyon on September 8th 1974 you're so the whole thing is to get a big crowd of people around uh no one showed up except for Frank Gefford who they hired the Hells Angels and apparently a gaggle of blondes giving away free blowjobs because that is a quote from a wrestler they couldn't have just said Women. <laughs> they had to be like men of stature and whores. Those are the t- those are the types of people. Welcome to USA Today Live, and let's go now to our correspondent, Dr. D. David Schultz. What's the fuck's up, you pussies? All right, we got some <laughs> Hells Angel twats over there. They think they're tougher than Nuck Dirty. I've slapped one journalist one time sometime in the future. Now we got a bunch of hot blondes in blue dresses huh, giving us cookies and blowjobs. Those are girl guides. Fucking gay guys more like it, okay? <laughs> I'm Dr. D. David Schultz. I don't do coke. Coke does me. Here's something you should know. I unhooked the rockets from the rocket car. (laughs) It's Lord Alfred Hayes here at Snake River Canyon. A bunch of these tiny whores are going to give me a suck off. Once again, those are girl guides. Hello, everyone. Lord Alfred Hayes here. Here's something to remember. Evil Knievel was drunk last night, so I put my penis in his mouth and took photographs and sent them to the Catholic Church. I don't know why. I'm just a bad boy. (laughs) I'm a bad boy. Will Frank Givett spank me? Here's a clue. I put a gun in his mouth yesterday. Oh, he did. Ooh, hello, Frank. I saw you getting friendly with an intern yesterday. I've taken the photographs and mailed them to your wife, Kathy Lee. I'm sure she'll bring it up on television. You cuck, you made her a cuck. I want you to make me a cuck, Frank. <laughs> Frank Gifford, by the way, uh, Frank Gifford famously, by the way, uh, was uh, considered, what was it? Someone called him the Lord Coxman of Manhattan. Yeah, fucked everyone. He was, yeah, he was a really great football player, and then he used that to... Uh, bake a bunch of cakes. Yeah, he, he learned that to open up a cream pie stand in every lady's trousers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. back then you didn't pull out. You tried to have a kid <laughs> every single Most time. Most people pulled out. Frank went, no, I get I get the TD every play. And they were like, what? Gagoo! <laughs> Six. Six points. So here's Knievel's jump. John mentioned a rocket. Evil Knievel is using a SkyCycle X2 steam-powered rocket, which was registered as a plane rather than the motorcycle, because you couldn't just jump Snake River Canyon in a motorcycle, you would just die immediately. Unfortunately, the steam was superheated to 500 Fahrenheit, which was 260 uh, Celsius, and unfortunately, as soon as the rocket's thrusters engaged, Knievel shit himself and engaged the vehicle's parachute. He barely made it off the edge of the ramp before falling 413 feet to the side of the river he jumped from. Beside, despite this was a tremendous letdown for spectators, it did uh, risk Knievel's life. Because if he was still strapped to the vehicle and he had landed in the river, he'd have for sure drowned. 
Thus, Knievel suffered the twin fates of public harassment, coupled with still fearing for his it's life. It's so fucking good. The thing you have to remember also, this is like year eight or nine of him doing these jumps. And um, he's this is very much, this is the end of his run. Like, if you look up after Snake River, everything peters off pretty quick. Like, his last two jumps are in 1976, and he doesn't even do them because... He's too fucked up. At this point, he had broken 433 bones. I thought that he had more jumps after. Doesn't he? But didn't he have a comeback jump after this and then die horrific? No, he had more jumps oh, okay. after this. He had more. And he never, he never, he didn't die horrifically. He just, he died at 69 of like something you get when you're drunk all the time. He got, yeah, he, he got polyps. He died of something. being awesome, man. How old are you? 69, time to fucking die, man. <laughs> I'm the most late age to die at. I'll either die at this or 420. And the second one, not yeah, possible. Yeah, mom. Um, I'm just telling you, I want to find out if he died of polyps because that's very funny. All right. And the uh, Knievel. He died. Oh, no. The, this is this is classic alcoholism right there. Uh, died of diabetes and pulmonary fibrosis. Yeah. It basically was he died from partying. He just had a lit ass life. He fucking jumped shit. <laughs> if you're, you're going to jump, if you're going to jump cars and fucking buicks and shit and you're not gonna die of that you this is how awesome the 70s were in america one of their most famous man was an alcoholic who had a motorcycle and he made that motorcycle go over things (laughs) (laughs) yeah if you're gonna like also i don't think you could fault a guy who jumps shit for being an alcoholic i don't know hey i wear a cape and i jump and i jump natural uh naturally occurring uh natural like i am i wear a cape and i jump school buses oh and you you drink of course i drink evil knievel is one degree separation away from the head of the saudi arabian dynasty through vince mcmahon how good is that that's pretty sick i mean evil knievel would obviously if he was alive now just be like They'd be like, uh, we've made it, so if a woman has boobs, we get to shoot her. And then to celebrate, Evil Knievel's gonna jump over a bunch of the sacrifices we made. Okay. And he's just like, you guys ready to party? You guys ready to party? Woo, I gotta jump all these child soldiers. If you land on them, it's fine. They're not people. Okay, sick. Can I do coke in the air? You have to. It's part of the trick. Okay, awesome. He, uh, was supposed to be paid six million dollars. But that pay dropped to 250000 because everything did so shitty. Uh, and they couldn't recoup and also, the ticket yeah, sales. You don't and get a million, you don't get a million dollars for falling off a ramp. I got news for you, Evil, which is somehow your real yeah. name. You do not... You don't get to go, I I don't want to do... I don't want to do... And then just fall off a ramp, you fucking bitch. So we're going to stop right now because... Uh, we're getting into Ali Anoki, which we're going to cover in a completely separate episode... And then we're going to get into why Vince McMahon went bankrupt. Hint, hint. Didn't pay his taxes. <laughs> and nice. uh, then the rest of his uh, career before he formed Titan Sports, you fat bitches. Everyone, here was Evil Knievel's last jump, by the way. It was inspired by the movie Jaws. And he was scheduled to jump a tank full of live sharks that would be televised natu- uh, nationally. Uh, it didn't end up happening because he lost control of his motorcycle and crashed into a cameraman. He broke... Bo- yeah yeah broke both his arms and did permanent injury to the eye of the cameraman like the smallest thing on the body you could hurt but would affect this man's life forever fuck you evil knievel man you're good but by that time how old is he because that what what year 77 
So he is... 77. So he was born in... He was born in... Because I remember at the time of Snake River Canyon, he was 36. He was born in 38. And... uh, So that's 39-year-old man. That's a 39-year-old man. (laughs) That's us in five years with how... <laughs> that's Graham K trying Graham to jump. K, that's Graham K shot. right now, everyone. Everyone, Graham K is the same age as Shark Jumping Evil Knievel. Get on Twitter. Tell Graham K he can't jump a tank full of sharks because he's got thin, shallow loads. Unlike us, fat, thick. Our loads are like sh- sharks. Graham's legs are like the Snake River Canyon jump. Disappointing and come with a parachute. YOLO. All right. Thanks very much for uh, listening. We'll be back after the break. Oh, hi, everyone. I think you're all wondering, does Dylan use condoms? No. And that's why you need to donate to Patreon because he has a lot of children his wife doesn't know about. I am the king. I coined the phrase risky cream pie. (laughs) And you need to give to Patreon to help my maybe there's a baby fund. Patreon.com backslash wrestler review. If you don't want to do that, uh, you're a fucking loser. But if you're still a fucking loser and you're okay with that, rate us on iTunes. It does help with the algorithms for old fucking uh, Steve Slobs' goddamn Apple things. So rate us on iTunes, rate us on SoundCloud, rate us in real life, 1 to 10. Here's a hint, we're both 10s. Hi, everyone. Sorry, I uh, almost didn't hit record because a friend of mine just texted me asking me a question about someone I had sex with 11 years ago, and I almost started laughing so hard because I was like, I wonder where he is because he is in Australia in a bar where that person is. I think my friend is about to, I think I'm about to become Eskimo brothers with a friend of mine. Or at least attempted and then not successfully. (laughs) And then, or you'll never hear about it again, in which case. For sure did. That's be- that's better than any Christmas present. I'm totally I'm totally fine with all of my friends having sex with anyone I've ever seen naked. I'm totally fine. With- I insist on some people. Like I've insisted that Dylan sleep with some people I've slept with, so that I I I call it walking down the same road. Walk with me on this road, Dylan. Yeah. And I won't have sex with his mom. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you. That joke is hurtful and rude. Mom fucker. <laughs> Check this out. Much like John's morals vince mcmahon went bankrupt in 1976 why did he go bankrupt because real men don't pay taxes he didn't pay taxes on his employees wages and he didn't pay goddamn taxes on his fucking uh, tax liens against his house god damn it because he had tax liens against his house because this motherfucker put every single piece of money he did into that goddamn snake jump and he was good at promoting wrestling. This is something, it's so funny, because even when he has no money, even when he has tons of money, it's the exact same thing. He is good at wrestling. Refuses to stick to wrestling. And then immediately, exactly, he's a guy who can sell pens, who really wants to sell paper, and he just can't sell paper. Like, just sell the fucking Stick pen. to your fucking lane, you asshole. No! Yeah, man. And, Vin- and Linda says, oh, well, this... All changed because what happens basically is starting in 77, Vince is an announcer mostly and he has to work at a quarry (laughs) and even while working at a quarry is still, he's working like 90 hour weeks because between the quarry and being an announcer and just still being fresh as a daisy and advising his dad to, and I... Now that I, it seems dumb in hindsight, but now that obviously given what had happened with Vince, obviously, obviously his dad's not going to take his advice at this point. Him 
immediate has just failed vince jr has and his dad is going no i'm bob Backlund is the way to go the superstar billy graham guy won't catch on fuck off and of course he's not taking his advice because even though it's his son even though it's a promoter who's done well vince jr also works at a rock quarry and just had like three failures yeah it's also one of those things where i would say this to vince mcmahon senior's dad um it's very simple He's not good at working at a rock quarry or paying taxes, but he is good at looking at a crowd and going, here's what they want to see. Within reason, by the way. The last 10 years have proven that he has actually lost his touch a fair amount. But um, up until then, he had a... But it's the 70s. He's a young guy. Like, this is the other thing we we forget is, like, this guy's a young guy right now. He's a young, hot man. As far as wrestling in the 70s is concerned, this is like a fucking hipster. This guy's got a hair. This guy's got long-ish hair. He probably talks to black men freely. <laughs> He's a goddamn hippie. Wait a minute. You've been to a hockey game, you fucking communist? Is what they say. Exactly. <laughs> That's what those goddamn lefty Canadians. Yeah, 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 yeah. Up there, they wear coats when it's cold, like a bunch of fucking losers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. real men don't wear coats. But this is what. Vince does. Vince sees if Vince sees a bit of an opportunity, he just immediately takes it. Because even after going bankrupt three years later, he tries to book an arena because he's promoting some rock concerts at the time, and um, he tries to book an arena and discovers the lease is up. So he figures, why not? And then they he fucking funds a hockey team called the Cape Cod Cubs. Later to become the Cape Codders. Who do you think fucking named them that? <laughs> the Cape Codders. And then another team. Basically, the history is Cape Cod, they always tried to have a hockey team there, and as local business people said, there's not enough people here, stop trying to promote hockey games, and they never do. They do well with some exhibition games from the NHL, and eventually build up a relationship with the Boston Bruins through those exhibition games, but the team sucks, and um, he hires a 28-year-old ex-enforcer, Jim Troy, who would eventually... Be racist to Coco, beware. Good, good, good. Very important to remember, everyone. If you work for Vince McMahon, at some point you need to make the black people who work for him feel small and inferior. That is the main hiring policy. Oh, hello, Jim Cornette. Uh, Unfortunately, yeah, hi. I know you're working for NWA now, um, but we looked through your contract. Yeah, you didn't belittle anyone of an African or Caribbean heritage while you're with the WWE. Oh, great. You're doing a TV taping tonight. Okay. Can you just mention Ethiopia and fried chicken and starvate? Yep. Great. All right. Thanks. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. (laughs) But they're doing smart shit. Like Jim Troy basically makes an entire team out of college stars from the area to try and drum up attendance. And it does okay for a bit. And let me say this about, let me say this about Maine. Let me say this about Maine. If you play hockey even a bit good, a woman is going to show her show you her asshole. Not not tits, not front put, not not um not front asshole, back asshole, the shit asshole. She's going to spread the cheeks and go spit in there, shooter, and then you're going to be like, "Okay, cool. It's the 70s." Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of this is exotic to me. Hurt me where my Snickers bar is solid, <laughs> Oh though. my god. Pound me in the place that isn't self-lubricating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I always make ladies say to me before I put it in their pooter. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You make them say I that. say pooter. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, so some sources say that Vince McMahon lobbied the WWWF to drop one of the W's, and no one knows. There's the once again the sources on professional wrestling are hilarious. Like it's like a janitor told me that Vince McMahon has two dicks, so I'm putting it in the book. I was just talking to uh, a guy who knows Shane McMahon, kind of like he knew he got like he. They, he saw him buying a bagel once, a pizza bagel, and he told me that Linda McMahon is actually Sting. <laughs> but he's always looking for a way to be out of the thumb of his father and out of the shadow of his father because he wants to promote, obviously. He's naturally inclined, but when he does buy the arena, he enticed the Bruins, as I said, guaranteeing them $50,000 in a ticket share, and then he offered VIP ticket badge, <laughs> uh, ticket packages to make up the money, and one of which included a meal, which uh, was meatballs that Linda McMahon cooked at home herself. And in addition, uh, this is what I'm talking about, Vince uh, continued to promote concerts, basically Aerosmith, Def Leppard, The Clash, Talking Heads, Iron Maiden, and Santana, and he had some basketball games in there. And this is the only, he's, him and the Freebirds are the only wrestling people at this time who have seen someone with long hair hit a guitar. And it's classic wrestling that he only catches on to rock and roll in the 80s when rock and roll has jumped the shark in the 70s. It's like. With now the knowledge that he was a rock and roll promoter. Like he actively was not paying attention to who he was making money from at the time. That's the best part. Like the fact that he had yeah, he course. had connections with Rush, Journey, Leonard Skinnard, Aerosmith, and he was like, "Who am I going to build my wrestling promotion around? Survivor and Cindy Lauper. Let's go." <laughs> That's exactly it. Get me Andy Warhol. Get him in an awkward interview. Put him next to a sadosexual killer. Have that sadosexual killer look at Andy Warhol like he is a prize trophy for his wall. Make sure a giant alcoholic is stood on the other side of them. Make sure everyone's uncomfortable in a drastic way. Make sure it's overlit. Never doubt my ideas. I killed my dad. I am cancer. My name is Vincent Kennedy McMahon. <laughs> just Cape Cod is so clearly a special event city where it's like they just don't want to see the same thing over and over. And that it's is Maine. the entirety of the Everyone's uncle's been everyone's uncle's drowned to death. They need something special. <laughs> oh where's where's your dad he's fucking dead that's the entirety of vince mcmahon before titan sports we'll get to ali versus anoki in a separate episode john can you tell me this can you tell me what your favorite part of vince mcmahon during this period was got a couple of favorite parts but i think my favorite part is him hanging out with jerry lee lewis just just the idea that Vince McMahon. <laughs> oh, hi. How are you doing? I murdered one of my wives and the other one was a child. Oh, that's good. Would you like to portray a garbage man in the ring? No. All right. Save that idea for another horrible human being. Yeah, exactly. I'm just trying to see. Yeah, because I think if I'm not, uh, man, Jerry Lee Lewis. Oh, he's he was born in Louisiana. I'm sorry. For, for a moment, I thought. Also, Jerry Lee Lewis. Go on. Still alive. Yeah, I knew that. 
goodness gracious, I hit my Still wife. making music, by the way. Also, this is how uh, he always has to have someone in the room that works for him, either his daughter or his manager. And his signal that he's going to try and fight the person is, is if he calls them shooter, he likes them. And if they, he calls them by their actual name, he wants to fucking kill them. And he will try. I <laughs> <laughs> mean, he's 84, buddy. Bring it on. I'll fucking kick you in your dusty yeah. ass knees. You know what I mean? So your favorite thing is he, of course, with pedophiles, which you are. My favorite thing about Vince How McMahon, I fucking think, is dare probably you. that he gets into wrestling and he ch- starts to change it for the better. He starts to make it a show. There's little things that Vince McMahon did in the 70s that prove that he has a greater vision for wrestling beyond, as he says, the studio wrestling where it's some fucking... Play, it's some working man's club. He wants like glitz glamour. He wants to be more of a rock show. He guaranteed he saw Iron Maiden and was like, why isn't anyone doing this? But Couldn't have seen Iron Maiden in the 70s, you fucking idiot. He would have seen Kiss. If you fucking don't get your theatrical rock bands correct, the podcast is fucking over. I'm doing... No, I, I think thought, I, I thought one of the names was I Iron thought Maiden. Iron Maiden was a band in the seventies. Yeah, Iron Maiden. He promote he promoted an Iron Maiden concert. You dumb bitch. Yeah, it is. When do you think Iron Maiden was formed? I don't know. Probably before that, maybe. Oh wow, you are. <laughs> you are. See, the problem is you always take these grand things and you're always. I know wrong. it's fun. Oh, I thought they for- were formed in nineteen seventy nine. They were formed in nineteen seventy five. Interesting. Well, that's shame. Oh, it's very interesting to be wrong all the time. You you are. You're John Trump. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know what Trump does? Uh, yeah. Corner corner a woman. She was asleep. I made her asleep, but she was no, asleep. Don't do that. That's what you do. And then I made that woman yeah, asleep. Yeah, well, I might be John Trump, but you know who you are? You're Dylan Bernardo. That's who you are. I think the worst thing, the best thing about Vince McMahon is he learns to promote wrestling and he's very good at it. The worst thing about Vince McMahon is that he also learns there's no repercussions for just A, not paying your taxes, and B, just doing dumb shit. The evil Knievel jump, him promoting boxing with Bob Arum. I mean, he makes a lot of, because he, he contacts with Bob Arum, he meets Jim Troy, who would later become his first right-hand man. He makes a lot of great contacts during this time, but, I mean, the bad thing is he learns that if you're rich, then life will forgive, which is he files for bankruptcy, and he's back promoting and buying an arena two years later. It's so good. He lear- He just has learned nothing. What's the worst thing about Vince McMahon during this period for you? Oh, it's a couple of things. The bankruptcy's pretty... I just... The worst thing about him is that his fucking family is going through all of this. This man is literally, like, falling from failure to success to failure, working 90 hours a week, and poor Linda is raising her uh, son, who looks exactly like her her fucking shit husband, and he probably, like, comes home and is just like, Ah, Linda, you know the grocery list and money? I sold that to a man who claims to have the first digit of Evil Knievel's phone number. We're six digits away. <laughs> no, the whole thing, apparently uh, Stephanie said she was raised by Shane because Linda was also working all the time. This is very much the 70s where parenting books are, leave them alone, they won't die, and yeah. book. And then the sequel is, well, they're dead. Um, I would... S- <laughs> now you don't have kids. Time to party. Get a fishbowl, put some keys in it, and fuck your neighbors. The 70s. Um, uh, I see what you're saying. Uh, But I think in this time that Linda was, because they're in a trailer park, all that sort of stuff. Even if Linda, Linda doesn't come into the Titan fold 
until Titan for- Sports for- forms. Say the words correctly, John. Okay, I will. Until Titan Sports forms. So I don't think that I don't think she's as present. And also, by the way, as soon as she becomes present, man, some of his business decisions improve. Like that's something that really needs to be noted. Is Linda does not get the credit for being a real fucking straw that stirs the drink when it comes to good moves financially for old Vinnie Mac McMahon. <laughs> yeah. Also, um, though we should have mentioned this. They do live in a trailer park again because after the bankruptcy case, it's the government so good. Takes yeah. Their house. Yeah. After Vince McMahon's. Um, Here's the funny thing about all billionaires of the modern era. They all, all are at some point, have gone bankrupt just because they didn't want to pay taxes in a time where they didn't have the money to get out of it. And then basically devoted the rest of their lives to just getting out of paying taxes. Never, never going to let that happen to me again. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's exactly that's what's true. The entirety of his life, it's, all of it's like, I shouldn't ever have to do that again. What do you all think the XFL is? Do you actually think that Vince McMahon is this stupid? No, Vince McMahon ha- has record-setting fucking profits from his company, and he's like, time to dump that into a fucking loss leader again. It's the same thing with the d- fucking movie studio. What the fuck do you think he's doing? And another thing about U.S. Uh, tax law that I know um, is you can't be... Um, taxed on royalties. You can't be taxed on royalties. So he dumps all his money into a loss leader, such as the XFL, which will get royalties uh, from being reshown on television, and uh, he can't be taxed on that. And plus, all all TV thinks is going to be his life savior for the its savior for the next four years is uh, live sports, which the XFL the XFL actually opened really well, and it's so funny because it's not just any type of football now with the, with all the lore around it and how shitty it was and how everyone makes fun of it it's zany football and people will watch it because it's zany my father-in-law watched all of the, the xfl games on saturday and people will go to the xfl games because it's zany they think that like vince mcmahon's gonna come out and beat up a cheerleader or one of the cheerleaders is gonna beat up vince mcmahon no one knows well, what's, what's actually hilarious is if they did the xfl of the attitude era now now that now that professional sports everyone has just finally gone like yeah it's as fucking ridiculous as wrestling like it's worse than wrestling yeah. because these people are actually murdering their wives and are horrible men XFL of 1999 now would be such a... F- I would watch every episode. Jesse Ventura and Jerry Lawler are the commentators. And the biggest movie star of all time is coming out and asking you, do you smell what The Rock is cooking? Do you understand how popular that would be now? Yeah, just silly football. I it, I don't know. The XFL was doomed from the beginning because half the people thought it was going to be like people getting stone cold stunnered and be completely fake and half the people were just like i just want to see regular football so you couldn't please anybody and i think oddly now the stage is set for it to be actually good because it's just oh you remember what it was remember how fucking zany it was well it's back and people are like okay cool it's kind of like reality tv and football i also still time. maintain by the way if you don't think colin kaepernick is coming in you're fucking crazy like they've they've now gone from we've never can't you gotta you gotta kneel you can't kneel. No, no. They've gone from they've no because if you watch closely because I've been watching this because I know they're going to bring him in. It's gone from absolutely not talking to him to he won't be able to kneel to we would never have him. His contract demands are too extortionate, which means they were talking to him the whole time and now they just need to figure out a number. Watch and fucking. If they bring Colin Kaepernick in, that's fucking huge. Vince McMahon will have to start a fucking shitty baseball league to cover up for the profits from the fucking XFL. 
Yeah, and also Colin Kaepernick will be so much better than everyone else in the league. It won't be even fun to watch. It'll just be his team wins 900-0 to zero every game. John, that's the end of our fucking Vince McMahon pre-Titan episode. We'll be back next week with more in our year-long journey on Vincent Kennedy McMahon. We're, of course, on Twitter, at Wrestler Review, so get at us about the poster and vote on the poster. We're at Wrestler Review on Instagram and the Wrestler Review podcast on Facebook. We post little clippies of each episode every week. Uh, teasers. Ooh, little teasing. Mm. Ooh, yeah. A little Tease teasing my balls. Tease my balls. Uh, I'm at Dylan Gott. I'm at Dylan Gott on Twitter. Go, John. Promote I'm shit. at Tease My Balls, Tease My Dick on Twitter. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, I am... Uh, I am at um, I am at John the John, the Hastings. John Hastings. I was trying to think of a funny another dick Twitter handle, but I couldn't think of one. I'm at the John Hastings on all social media platforms. Come and see my shows in Australia. Holy fucking shit! Tickets are I don't know what they're doing, but fucking come and see my fucking shows, and then talk to me about wrestling. For those of you that came to the shows in Soho Theater. Thank you so very much. Also, shout-outs to the fans that came in Calgary and in Vancouver. It was fucking great to see you out there. Um, uh, some of the fans in Calgary, by the way, just talked to me a lot about an area of Calgary called the Rape Bridge, which is where Dylan hangs out. And uh, I'm going to be recording an album, was it Friday and Saturday, the 21st and 22nd at the Toronto UQs, if you guys want Email me and I'll get you comps because I don't get any more money if the fucking tickets sell. I got a set rate. So email me. I'll get comps. And then you guys can yell comps. Go to Dylan's show. Heckle him hard, please. Yeah, I want to destroy hecklers. Thank you very much. I'm going to destroy hecklers and I'm going to destroy some milfs. Good night. Before you go, I just want you to know this is how Dylan got destroys hecklers. Hey, fuck you, Dylan. Um, shush. Okay.